Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. We're taking our reading from Hebrews, the third chapter. Hebrews, the third chapter, and we're going to read from the 14th verse. Bible says, for we are made partakers of Christ. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end, we are made partakers of Christ. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. Verses 15, he says, While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved for 40 years? Was it not them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness, and to whom swear he that they should not enter, not might, not could, not will, should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? We see that they could not enter into it because of unbelief. Because of unbelief. I cannot emphasize how important this portion of scripture is, especially for our generation. In every generation, in every dispensation, the challenges that come with the generation. And some challenges are different in magnitude, although they're the same, but they're different in magnitude. All of us can attest to the truth that right now, the earth is at its most sinful time in human history. You can see whatever is happening across the world and it's evident that the son of perdition is doing so much. So, we see that even that which was hard to do publicly in our time is being done not only publicly but as far as any lens is able to give either through camera or online, social media, a lot is happening. But you see, there's also good news to that because he has promised that as sin increases, so what? So grace should increase. So much as many people are looking at what is happening in the world and are saddened by what is happening in the world, are appalled by the madness we see in the world, we should also open our eyes to see that God is increasing grace. And that grace will come in the person of Revelation. God is revealing so much. He's revealing so much to us in this time more than ever before. There are things God is giving us that he has not given generations before. So, in this generation of madness also, comes the challenges that are in the church. And one of the major challenges in the church is because of the way men are falling off from the faith and many people are becoming indifferent through wrong teaching and many other things, as the church is becoming more worldly than it should become more godly, 
we start to see that certain things are leaving the church. Isaiah teaches about it. He says that the stay of water and the stay of bread are taken away. That is a place of the ministry of revelation and the ministry of the person of the Holy Spirit. So men have not been taught communion with the person of the Holy Spirit. Many people do not live in the place of communion with the person of the Holy Spirit. It's very hard to find a believer who can spend one hour with God today, every day. It's a hard thing to find. Many people, it's 10, 5 minutes, 15, and then they'll go to bed. And yet they have a long day with a lot they do that is not going to add to them. But when these judgments are come upon the earth, he says the stay of water and the stay of bread are taken away. The teaching of revelation is taken away. The experiences with the Holy Spirit reduce within us. And the Bible says from them, the mighty men are taken. And from them, the men of war also are taken. And he continues to speak about all these other people that are taken out of your midst. The prophet, the judge, the man which is prudent, the ancient are taken from them. Different people are taken from you. The mighty orator, the counselor, the cunning artificer. All these people start to leave. And there's a consequence in that dispensation when you don't have these people. Yes, even the mighty orator is needed. The power of language. The power of language and vocabulary. Anyway. So, the honorable men are taken. Everything is out of order. The commander of 50 or captain of 50 is taken. But you see, in the midst of that, he has identified that the man of war is taken away from you. The people who know how to fight are taken away from the midst of you. That means that generation does not know how to fight. It has not learned how to fight. Anything that comes to them kills them. Anything that attacks them destroys them because they were never taught to fight. And I tell you something, we're living in a generation in the church that does not know how to fight spiritually. Because partly the sermons that we're preaching on our altar, they're so melted down that they're not sufficient to get a cancer out of a man's body. They're not sufficient to get a virus out of a man's body. They are weak. They're weak. We're just encouraging men in church. We're preaching a hope that Peter has called should be lively. But that hope that we're preaching is actually not lively because it does not come with a certain life. It does not come with the signs, miracles, and wonders that it's supposed to come with. And so yes, men are writing notes, men are praying, men are going for overnights and you know, delivering services, but not many people are experiencing the power of God. And now, because of that, some of us have created idols of ourselves as ministers of the gospel. And so if you don't come to me, you will not heal. If you don't come to me for prayer, you will not be delivered. So you need to see the special man of God. You need to see the prophet. If you don't see the prophet, your challenges will not live. You need to seek the apostle. If you don't talk to the apostle, you're gone. So people are living in that life of, I need to meet this man of God. If I don't meet him, I will die. Instead of us empowering people to learn to fight for themselves, we've become their fighters. And... It's sad because there are challenges that will come to them when we're not able to meet them because we are far or we are out of the country and somebody will lose their child because they called you and they failed to get to you on phone. That's not the generation that God wants to raise. God wants to raise a generation that knows how to fight. This kind of someone will teach you how to fight. Somebody shout hallelujah. So Paul says challenges come or may come. Diverse temptations and trials will come and hit. Perhaps one day you walked into hospital and you got a bad report. Well, you had a bad report about your spouse, a bad report about your child, 
a bad report about your ministry, whether it's true or false, you're in trouble, you're in a scandal, you're in some sort of test, and it almost will cost not only your life, but your legacy, your livelihood is at stake. A lot is about to take you. And you hear people say, ah, when you reach to this kind of stage, you have to just bury yourself, you're gone. It's not going to come back. When you reach to this kind of situation, that one you just have to, you know, save whatever you can and redeem whatever you can, left, right and center, and then allow to be buried the way you've been told. So many people are easily accepting the stuff that they're not supposed to accept. In fact, today even people are teaching you, many of us across the world, to accept certain things. People have created doctrines around failure. And Christians are easily taking this stuff in and they're calling it being realistic or walking in wisdom. And that's foolish. That's foolish. Somebody shout hallelujah. Because there is no wisdom without truth. There is no wisdom without truth. And so maybe you have not seen those kinds of tests in your life. But that does not guarantee that you'll not see them. It's one of those things that if you have not seen, if one day you go through it, you will understand what I'm talking about. I told people at 22, I got the worst report that a 22-year-old would get. And they diagnosed me with a very, you know, bad report of heart disease. And they gave me all the possibilities of how much life I had left on the earth. And, you know, chances of survival were so minimal. They gave me all these kinds of news and I just woke up one day and my whole world was ending before me at 22. I had graduated, studied earlier. I had, you know, and I was just beginning to live my life and I get this report. Why me, Lord? Why not this person? <laughs> I'm a good guy. I love you. I'm born again. I serve you. You ask God all these kinds of questions. You blame, you go to and fro. And until you've reached a point where you have days or weeks or months to live, you'll never understand the power of a good fight. Somebody shout hallelujah. Until you're at the verge and your spouse serves you a divorce paper, you might never understand the power of a good fight. Until you're in the hospital and they give you the worst news of your child, you can never understand the power of a good fight. Until you got a report, a letter from your human resource and they're telling you, no, we've discontinued you in the time when you had a mortgage and that mortgage is taking almost, you know, a huge percentage or chunk of your salary and you realize that by losing this job, not only are you going to lose your home, you're going to lose everything because you cannot turn to anything. You can never understand the power of a good fight. Somebody shout hallelujah. Until one time you wake up and somebody tells you they have written an article about you and this article is going to sink you. I mean, during that time I met a guy, he looked at me and said, you are God. Grace Lubega, you are God. And everything outside looked like I was God. Until you get to that point, you can never understand the power of a good fight. Somebody's heart, hallelujah. Thank God that we are exercised unto godliness. Thank God that we've exercised our senses. When you know how to exercise yourself, even what you're doing right now as you're listening to this word, you're receiving faith. And as you're receiving faith, 
you are exercising yourself. Remember the Bible says that they did not enter into his rest because they did not believe. Verses 19, you know, he says they did not believe. They could not enter because of unbelief. If you read the message version there, the Bible says they never got there because they never listened. Comma, never believe. Because you cannot believe until you listen. Are you hearing me? There are places you will get because you're hearing certain things. And whatever is stalking in you, you might never know when you need it. But brother, you will need one day. And the day you need it, let it find you so full of the word, so tucked up and prepared, so armed with all manner of weaponry that you are able to withstand the wiles of the enemy. Somebody shout hallelujah. So in your listening, some of you don't know what you're preparing yourselves for. But you're preparing. You're preparing. You're getting ready. It says that when it comes, you go through it. You go through it. You learn to fight. You learn to fight. There's a member of ours. His wife became pregnant. And he called me somewhere in the middle of the yard and gave me a report and said, they said, you know, my wife is bleeding and stuff and there's a fear that we're going to lose the child. And in confidence, in confidence, I told him you're not going to lose that child. Just believe. Just believe. I want to give you a certain confidence. I want to give somebody a certain confidence. So yes, went through that and they did not lose the child. And so he sent me a message. This happened very recently, three or four days ago. And then he told me, man of God, we need you in the hospital. We just want to come and join faith with you. My wife has been in labor for 72 hours. She's been in pain for 72 hours. And I said, I'm coming. So I had a little meeting with somebody and then I went to the hospital. When I reached the hospital, I'm in the parking. The guy said, you know, they've been trying to induce her. They've given her this much pain, uh, painkillers. You know, she can't get this. She can't get that. She's in so much pain. And then I said, ah, where is she? Oh, she's upstairs. But I also wanted to note the doctor said that the earliest this child can come will be uh, about uh, in about eight or nine hours, seven or eight, nine hours right there until 7 p.m., it was early afternoon. And they said, the child will come in the evening, so we, we still have a long time of our pain. I told the guy, no, let's go get the boy out. <laughs> I told the guy, let's go get the boy out. So we go up the hospital, and then we enter, and then there's this nurse trying to give some medicine to the lady. They tell us, wait a minute there, you're going to come in and pray. So I get this guy, put him on the chair, and I start speaking the word. And he's listening, and he's listening, and he's listening, and he's listening. And he's listening. And then the next thing I know, it was like, believe me, it was about four minutes of talk. The guy starts speaking in tongues. And I say, yeah, 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 yeah. You're in the right place. And in going into the fifth minute, a nurse shouts, she's ready! <laughs> Glory to God! She's ready! So, you see, enter in. We entered. We met a 15 seconds prayer. Father, we thank you because we're going to see this guy. I walked out and in just a few minutes, the guy had popped out. Somebody shout hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. It's called confidence. Told the guy, let's go get the guy out. You understand? That kind of faith. Oh, sabare, brodolokopodele. He says, if you hold fast the beginning of your confidence steadfast unto the end, when you learn to fight, you fight to the end. You don't say, ah, you know, I'm in the middle now. I've given up. You know, I think it's so much. I don't think I can go this far. No. If you choose to fight, brother, fight. If you choose to fight for your marriage, fight for it. If you choose to fight for your business, fight for it. If you choose to fight for your health, one of you has to quit. You are the devil. But when you say, I'm going to fight, 
sight. Somebody shout hallelujah, glory to God. Some people give up so quickly. They allow the reports of the world so quickly. They allow the world to determine how they will be and how they will live and the results that they will have in life. Listen, God has called us, the Bible says, to glory and virtue. He has not called us to pain and struggle. Oh, you know, you're talking like you're not a human being. <laughs> no, more than that, I'm talking because I'm two beings. There is a part of me that is human being. That's not me. So you're right to say I'm not a human being. And there's a part of me that is of God. And that's my identity. Somebody shout hallelujah. That man has a different way he views life. And I have learned by God to live in that man, to live with that man, to pray with that man, to interpret things with that man, to believe with that man, to see life with that man. I don't know how to even relate with people who deal from without. The Bible says that they that are carnal mind the things that are carnal, Romans chapter 8. He says, for they are after the flesh. And because they are after the flesh, they do mind the things of the flesh. And he says, but they that are after the spirit, they mind the things of the spirit. Let me explain this. You see, when the Bible says, for they did not hold God in their mind, and so God gave them over into a reprobate life. There's something about learning to live a life conscious of God constantly. The Bible says it's held in perfect peace because his mind is stayed on him. He stayed on him. He trusted in God. You learn to keep your mind on God constantly. To have a God consciousness is the guarantee of our salvation, redemption, deliverance, and success in the Christian life. What is God saying? What does God say? What does God say? But the Bible says, because in their knowledge, when they sought to know, the Bible says they did not retain God in their knowledge. They did not retain God. The word retaining there means they could not constantly keep a consciousness of God in their knowledge. So God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. He allowed them to become crazy and out of order and out of line. Why? Because they retain not God in their minds. You must exercise yourself to have a consciousness of God 24-7. That whatever happens around you, the first response should be the thought of God. Now you're living a free life. You're not living like these normal human beings live. You see, some believers are only with the mind of God. They retain that mind of God when they're in service. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. When they feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit is when they maintain that mind. But God calls us to retain that mind when we are awake, when we are asleep, when we are in trouble, when all is good and when bliss and joy. Retain God in your mind constantly. Retain God in your mind constantly. How do you? By the way, keep the word of God constantly in your spirit. If there's something that I have learned and has given me so much in this life of salvation, constantly. I have a scripture somehow running in my head. Every time almost of my life, I can tell you, I have a scripture running in my head. I've done the busiest things in life, yet something is ringing in my spirit. Something is repeating itself. Something is changing and shifting things, and I can feel it, that it's there. 
When you see that kind of mind, you realize that the vision of God is clear. You see things through the right lens. Regardless of the report that you hear or the things that you see physically, you keep a certain mind with God. It's a very important thing because if you don't learn that, you will never keep yourself in anything. That's why some of us, our ministers are sickly. They're always suffering. The headache leaves, the stomach ache comes. If it leaves, then your eye starts to ache. When your eye stops aching, your foot is aching because you're not God conscious. You're living a life of You know, today you're rich, tomorrow you're poor. Today you have, tomorrow you don't. Today you're happy, tomorrow you're sad. Because you're not living a life that is full. The Bible says of his fullness we have received. (laughs) Glory to God! He says we've received grace for grace. We've received grace for grace. We've all had a share and a supply with one grace after another grace. Spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing. He says even favor upon favor and gift heaped upon gift. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you get into that fullness, every day you're getting gifts heaped on gifts. Favor heaped upon favor. Spiritual blessing heaped upon spiritual blessing. Do you know the life of that kind of Christian? It is upward every day. Every day something adds on you. Every day, I can tell you, I believe, I think for the past, I can say, 13 years of my life, when I understood these things, something has been added upon me every day. Something is added every day. In any aspect of life, I am better today than I was yesterday, and I'm preparing for what's coming tomorrow morning. Why? Because I retain God in this mind. The path of the just shines brighter and brighter into a perfect day. And that is what I prophesy upon your life. But if you've not begun it, you're going to begin it. And if you've been living it now, it's going to be deliberate. That you are going to live a life of increase upon increase, favor upon favor, gift heaped upon gift, spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing. And those who are around you will see that that man, that woman is added unto or multiplied every day of their lives. If you have received it, shout amen. I want to hear it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now you're listening. Faith is coming. Are you hearing me? You're getting a second confidence. You're getting a certain confidence. So he says, they that are of the flesh do mind the things of the flesh and they that are after the spirit do mind the things of the spirit. He says, for to be carnal minded or carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is what? Is life and peace. What does it mean to be carnal-minded? To move by the senses. To move by what you see. To move by what you feel. To move by what you can touch. To move by what this physical world can give you. That's what it means to be carnal-minded. No matter how factual it appears, it's not true if it only carries its bearing in the physical realm and cannot coincide with what you have in the spiritual aligned truth. That's carnal already. God says when you are carnally minded, no matter who you are, you are tending to death. You're killing yourself. Your marriage is dying because you are carnal. Your business is dying because you are carnal. Your ministry is dying because you are carnal. Your health is dying because you are carnally minded. You're stayed in a certain mindset. And to change it to truth is hard. 
because you have been so deceived. Like one wise man said, it is easier to fool a person than to convince them that they were fooled. Many people were taught wrong. They were taught wrong. We're still dealing with Christians in 2021 who are looking at generations and generations of curses. Yet they are a new creation in Christ. And behold, the old is past and now the new. And all things are become of God. And when you look at us, compare us, you'll see we have more results than they do any day. But they cannot ask themselves, how come these ones who are not rebuking generational curses every day are okay? And if you check them, they're sickly, they're beggarly, they're struggling in many aspects. They have short fixes of deliverance today. And next week or next month or next year, they're in the same cycle. It's down and then it's up and then they pray and then they fast and then it hits them and then they go up and then they pray and then they fast and then it hits them again and they pray. So they live that life of up and down, up and down. So they live a life of spiritual struggle and strife. Why? Because they are carnally minded. They don't carry the mind of God. This is, but to be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. So no man with the right mind in God can lose peace. No man with the right mind in God can lose life, cannot not have life. Somebody shout hallelujah. Verse seven, he says, because the carnal mind is an enmity, it's against God. It's against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. Ha, ha. Subject to, underline, the law of God. <laughs> the law of God. The law of God. It is not aligned to how God sees and he has created the world that you should live. See, there's a report about you. There's a world God has created for you. And that world is governed by his law, his mind, his way of doing things. And the scriptures have given us clues. This is one of them. He said, look, it doesn't matter what you're fighting with. This is the mind of God. If you learn to hold your confidence from the beginning to the end, you're made a partaker of Christ. He did not say, you're made a partaker of Jesus Christ. He's not talking about the man of the flesh. At this point, we're talking about the man which is after or beyond who has transcended the flesh. For we regard no man in the flesh. Even the Christ we could have regarded in the flesh is no longer in the word. Yeah, the Bible says, now hence we know him not after the flesh. So we're talking about this man, Christ. But you see, when you study the Greek word there, Christ, it's the anointing. It's translated as the anointing. And it's deliberate that he says Christ, not Jesus Christ, but Christ. He says, for we are made partakers of the anointing if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. Right there, he has given you the key that stirs the anointing of God that performs miracles, signs, and wonders. He says, when you learn to hold fast the beginning of your confidence steadfast to the end, you stir the anointing. One time I was in a healing meeting somewhere in Europe and I called people and I prayed for them. And I called five people. I said, back issues, come. Or well, in Northern Ireland. And I prayed for all of them, five of them, and asked, are you healed? And all of them said, we're not healed. What? We're not healed. You can feel murmurings in the back. 
two or three guys I saw move out and there was a guy even in a wheelchair who turned his wheelchair and moved out. We're doing a healing meeting. And I'm told the first they've ever seen in that part of the world. Perhaps in history. A healing meeting service, a healing service. I'm talking about miracles. I'm not talking about healing and then flu leaves and headache. I'm talking about real miracles. And I remember sitting there. <laughs> like I said, I've never seen unbelief in one room like I saw that day. I have a story on that I'll share one day on a full story. Because some of you need to know how to believe God. So you pray for five people and all of them are in pain. I say, pain is still there. And I remember like one of the ladies said, it's even increasing in fact. And all eyes are looking at you. You've come to do a healing meeting. And I bowed like this. I said, Father, what's going on? And I had the Spirit tell me, this is the time where you must believe. Now, 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 faith. Backs are not healed. So I walk through the aisle like this and I'm looking and I'm praying in my spirit. And I see this lady who was crippled in one leg and she had a clutch. She was seated. I said, just bring her closer. What's your issue? Oh, I had this issue. My disc has been long. I can't walk. I wish she has a clutch. And I laid hands on this woman. Literally, I had some poke. And then she raises her can. And all the Irish get in the line. All of them, even those who are not sick. <laughs> you hold this thing to the end. Listen, if you pray for a deaf ear and die in here, look for a paralyzed person. The devil must know that you are not intimidated. Somebody shout, hallelujah, glory to God. Yeah, if it hardens, you harden. Are you hearing me? If it becomes tough, you become tough. That's a minister of God. He says you are a partaker of the anointing. When you hold the beginning of your confidence steadfast to the end, he's not healed, but I believe that a miracle must happen. I have not seen this answer yet, but I believe that I'm going to see that answer. Are you hearing me? If I cannot get the pimple off her face, I'll look for somebody with a fibroid. If I can't get a fibroid out of you, I'll look for somebody with a stage 4 cancer. If I cannot get somebody with a stage 4 cancer, I'll look for a cold body. But the devil must know that when you're ready to fight, you fight. You fight. Somebody shout hallelujah. That's what I tell people. I had, I had this wonderful man of God, Dr. Creflo Dollar. He one time says he goes to a doctor and they diagnose him with what? With cancer. And you've heard of that story. I don't know how I even bumped onto this. One of those things you're flipping through the channels. And this guy is sharing his story. I said, hmm, let me listen. How did this go? And he says, he goes back and tells his wife that they found cancer in my body. And then Taffy Dollar says, what are you going to do about it? Did you hear that? Not, oh my God, we are gone. No, she asks, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, 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 there's one cancer in your body. What are you going to do about it? I said, I'm going to fix it. And he fixed it. Now he can teach. Now he can what? He can teach because he has been tested. Yeah. So yes, you have a virus. What are you going to do about it? He said you have an incurable disease in your body. What are you going to do about it? Because Christ did everything. He has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. Oh yes, I'm struggling financially. What are you going to do about it? Oh, my marriage is dying. What are you, 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 you going to do about it? 
Oh, I have a swelling every day. I feel like it's swelling. What are you going to do about it? Or I have pain every time I go to bed. I feel pain in my chest. I feel pain in my lungs. But what are you going to do about it? That's a question. I'm just going to say, ah, you know, it's normal. Let me just go through this, you know. It's normal. You know, one time I was at a meeting somewhere and there's this old man who said, you know, I'm 70 years old and I celebrate that God has given me 70 years old and I'm still alive. And he says, and I am struggling with all the diseases, 70-year-olds, huh? Which is okay because I'm 70 and I was like, oh, God, <laughs> listen to this error. My mom is 70. My mom is 70. But she has nothing, 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 nothing. When they take her body, it's healthy from head to toe. Nothing, wanting, nothing, missing, no hyper, nothing. Every part of her is healthy. She has a heart like a 12-year-old. Yet she's 70. And this one is saying, you know, by 70, you, you have to accept some diseases. Listen, no way. Somebody shout hallelujah. That nonsense of, you know, when you reach this age, there are things you have to stop doing because you're this age. Listen, let the children of the world say these things, but not Christianity. Not a believer, not a new creation in Christ Jesus. Are you hearing me? When they say that and you're in their presence, you tell them, but me, I'm different. Look at this crazy one. Yes, yes. I can't be crazy, but let me say I am what? Different. Somebody told me, oh, you know, the reason why sometimes we don't put your programs on our television, you know, there's, there's productions that come from third world countries. It's not just good production. It's not good production. That's why we don't. Listen, I said, I'm going to get a team and we're going to produce something so beautiful that it can go on any television in the world. And that's what we're doing. We're on that journey and we're getting there every other day. So you might ask yourself, why the lights, why the cameras? Somebody said it can't be done in Africa. And we want to show them that it can be done. Somebody shout hallelujah, glory to God. So, look, let's go back to the point. The word of God is here to give you a mind that is of God and to live a life which is of God. There are many people who know these scriptures. They can quote them, but they don't really believe. If you get in there and they are tried, you'll see that they don't believe. If you really enter there, they've not been tested enough. But when you test them inside there, you'll see them draw back out of rest into unbelief. Because until you're tested, you cannot say that you have faith. That's why the Bible says the believer's faith to God is so precious. It's as gold. The Bible says it will go through a refining. It will go through a sudden fair. Some of the things you're going through are not because you have a generational curse. But God is trying to say, let me see how much praise, honor, and glory will come through at the appearance of Christ on your life. As your faith is tested, it says that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes, that though it be tried with fire, it might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. That your faith will be found of praise. That people say, wow, she believes. Wow, he believes. Wow, this brother went through this and he won. That is our testimony. Somebody shout Hallelujah. One of our people that is studying a manifest somewhere came to me and said, Apostle, we went somewhere to study a manifest. And in the whole area, they told us almost every household has a witch doctor. That area is full of witch doctors. And I told them, you have been placed 
in the most coveted place a believer could be placed. Yeah, ask some of those who when we began in Mukono. You remember our ministry? I remember one time this guy who got music, you remember the equipment? And then he put equipment and it faced the church in an overnight. Boom, boom, boom. As we're praying, he got sound, you know, PA sound. And then he directed it to the church where we're praying from. It was an overnight. Then he switched on all the speakers. Boom, 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 boom. And they were so loud. People were inside. And it was my turn to preach. You know what I did? I got Apostle Emma and I told him, come with me. That confidence. I want to show you something. I held his hand. We went out. And I stood at these speakers. Apostle Emma was standing here. I told him, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to ban. <laughs> Immediately. Not next day. And Apostle Emma is looking at me like he says, Rato Barade Kata. The man ran mad immediately. The witch doctor ran mad immediately. And then a voice started going, Woo, 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 woo. Started screaming, demon possessed, Woo, woo. I went back and preached my sermon. The next day, his wife came pleading, Please forgive my husband. He had lost his mind. He ran mad immediately. And then the guy went, and told people, I don't want to get close to that man because he's a witch doctor. <laughs> Glory to God! May people call you all sorts of names. It doesn't matter. Are you hearing me? But get to that place where you can be confident and say, I silence you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And it has to be so. Not otherwise. Tell your neighbor, not otherwise. It's called confidence in God. Confidence in God. I remember another time I was in Mokono preaching. It was one of those Sundays again in another building. And then these guys, you know these guys who put equipment on a car and then they go announcing concerts? This guy comes with a car and as I'm preaching, he just comes next to the church. Huh? And then he puts his speakers up and then he starts announcing a secular concert. Oh, my goodness. As I'm in the middle of preaching, it just disturbs my spirit. I just pointed at them and I said, stop right now. On the car. And the thing just said, it kept quiet. The church clapped. <laughs> the church clapped. Somebody said hallelujah. They drove their car away. No, 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 no. Tell your neighbor I cannot be intimidated by the work of the enemy. I carry a confidence. And the beginning of it was my salvation. The way you receive Christ from that Point when you said, I've received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. It was the beginning of living a life of victory and success. Listen, there was a generation that did not know who they were. But I must warn you, we know who we are. The Lord spoke to me about three years ago and told me, you are entering a time where the church is going to be feared. Those things of just speaking on believers like that and then you think you can talk about them, against them, fight them, accuse them. Those things are coming to an end. Somebody will wake up and say, you must stop today. You must stop today and it shall be so. It shall be so. Are you hearing me? Yes. You've been pushed around but a time is coming and can be today. He said, today if you do not harden your heart, if you do not harden your heart, you're going to make a statement that is going to change something in your life. You're going to make a statement tonight that is going to change your life, your family, your marriage, your ministry, your business. You're going to say something that is going to get that virus out of your body. 
He says, today if you'll hear this voice and harden not your heart, as in provocation, you're going to see results. Children of Israel had God and they still rebelled. They rebelled and provoked God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout glory to God. Yes. And God is telling me to tell somebody, refuse to be pushed over by the devil or by any work or any man who is under the influence of the devil. One time we were in Kawempe and we had started a ministry. I had started a ministry, which later I left to a certain person, the woman. And a certain guy comes and joins us. And then he deceived a certain group of white people that he was running the ministry that we, I had started. And he tells them it's his ministry. And so this white guy gets so excited, he sends him pictures and he says, you know what, I'm going to come and preach in your church and I'm excited about this. So this guy comes in the night once and tells us, you know, there's this white guy coming and I lied to him that this ministry is his. So I want you guys to, you know, Bend a bit for the lie. Like, let's just do this conference and get out of here. Recognize me as a pastor and stuff like that. Treat me this way. And, you know, the guy has a lot of money. And so I tell the guy, no, we don't tread the altar. We don't, we don't do that kind of stuff. You know what? He goes behind our back, goes to the landlady, and then pays for about two or three months and then he says, now the ministry is mine. I kid you not. The next day we go to church, we find the name of the ministry changed. He has put on a banner of his ministry. So we call the landlady. You know those days we were renting but without a contract. So call the landlady and say, landlady, what's going on? Say, no, 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 no. The guy you introduced me to once, yeah, he came and paid. He said, you guys have gone and I cannot turn that away. I've received this money. In fact, we were to pay at the end of that month. And he went before us. She says, I cannot do anything. You guys are the same. I'm sorry. I have no power. Already used the money. Even if you give it back to me. Because he was involved in us getting that property. So the woman was confused. So me and the pastor, resident pastor and his wife, going the bond of peace. We go to him to say, you know, brother, what you're doing is wrong. It's not godly. That's what the scripture says. You cannot do this and that. He had a radio. He increased its volume and said, I'm not in the mood of listening to you. And he increased its volume. The apostolic mirrors. And I stood up and I told him, I give you seven days. One, two, three, up to seven. On that loud voice. I didn't know he was hearing I told him, I'll give you seven days. You don't take that banner off and everything you represent, I'll preach about you one day. So I walked out. First day, second day, third day, fourth day, he came on his knees. And on the fourth day, he said, I have put my head down for four days. I can't even doze. I can't sleep. What did you do to me? He couldn't sleep for four solid days. was almost dying. He couldn't sleep for four days. Every time he went to sleep, someone was telling him, don't sleep. For four days. 
He comes and says, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. We forgave him. Immediately he slept. They had trouble to wake him up because he had not slept for days. That's how he left the ministry. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, don't play with the Lord's own. Yes, that's the time. You see, some of you, wherever you are, you're being intimidated, but don't forget that you have something in there. You have something in there. Somebody shout hallelujah, glory to God. Yes, don't be intimidated by disease. Don't be intimidated by reports. Don't be intimidated by somebody who is not under this covenant. Don't. Because greater is he which is in you than he which is in the world. Oh, I'm going to bewitch you. I'm going to send a curse on you. Send. Send. Are you hearing me? Send it. Yeah, some of you, you can't even sleep because somebody said they're going to bewitch you. What? Are you hearing me? I told people one time, one of those days I was walking and these guys realized there's a man of God in that gate. They sacrificed the chicken and then they threw it on my gate. You know, because in our days when you saw that, you know somebody's doing deep witchcraft and there's witchcraft in Africa. Deep, deep. So I woke up in the morning, I'm at the gate and I see this dead chicken. Just did like this. And I jumped it deliberately and I turned and I said, let me see you work. And I walked away. 2021, nothing has happened to me. I just told people I wish I found it a little kicking like this. We'd have gotten lunch. Are you hearing me? We would have gotten lunch. If I just found a little kick in it like this to say it's just fresh. That was lunch for me. Somebody said hallelujah. So greater is he which is in me than he which is in the world. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout glory to God. In Hebrews 12 verses 1, if you read the Amplified Version, he says, therefore, then, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony to the truth. See, the witnesses that are surrounding us, the ones he's talking about in scripture, are not the indifferent who are waiting for you to fail. No, we're talking about those who agree with us. Huh? This portion of scripture is not about everyone watching you, those who are in unbelief, those who are worried that you'll fail, those who don't understand whether you'll make it, those who are trying to understand you. No, he's talking about a cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony to the truth. He's talking about Apostle Paul right now in heaven, watching me, Apostle Grace, preaching on the earth. He's talking about Moses and Joshua and Caleb. He's talking about all these great people and the pastors and the people of funeral ministries who are so crazy. He's talking about all of us people who know this thing and they understand it and they're crazy enough about to believe God for anything. He says, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance. Unnecessary weight. Unnecessary weight. Some friends are unnecessary weight. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a hard one. Some contact, some WhatsApp numbers and Facebook friends are unnecessary weights. Are you hearing me? Yes. Some books are unnecessary weights. Some things are unnecessary. You have one life. Some of you, you're investing so much in the wrong places and yet you have one life. You could die without making your mark. No, I came to write something. I came to leave a mark. I came to leave a mark. Somebody shout hallelujah. Tell your neighbor I refuse to die a normal death. Tell your neighbor I must leave my mark. Yes, I must leave my mark. I must leave my mark. I don't know what your mark is, but I must leave my mark. You see the lady who was leading praise? Allow me to give your testimony, Josephine. One time, thieves broke into her 
father's home. How many were they? There were two guys. Big macho guys like that. They start breaking. Boom, boom, boom. And then you know what happens. People are scared. Do they have guns? Do they have knives? Do they have bangers? What do they have? Josephine just woke up and had them and they told them they were thieves. She said, I have the life of God in me. And she started chasing them. And they ran. One woman chasing two thieves. I got you. Who are you robbing? This little small thing chased two thieves. And they all ran away. What were they seeing? What were they seeing? Hold fast the beginning of your confidence. Somebody shout hallelujah. Oh, she told me the story. I fell and rolled. Now there's a person who said, be careful. Don't do like Josephine did. True, true. Don't do like Josephine did because you're not her. But they're Josephines also. Somebody shout hallelujah. And it's okay to be called crazy. Are you hearing me? But something in her told her they just can't break through when I'm here. Boys are like this. This woman is chasing them. And they all fled. Nothing was taken. <laughs> oh my God, I've preached the gospel. Shout hallelujah. If you don't have faith, they'll kill you. So don't try this without faith. Disclaimer. Disclaimer. Yes. Do you know one of those Thursdays? Let me tell you these stories. Allow me. One of those Thursdays, a girl was coming from Fanero service and a guy gets her in a bush and then he attempts to rape her and then he puts a sharp aged metal on her neck and he said, if I'm not given this amount of money, I'm going to kill you. She says, I don't have money on the phone. And then he says, call somebody to send it right now. They put a, a metallic thing. It was, it was, I think it was the edge of an umbrella. He broke it and then he put it on her neck and he says, I'm going to prick it through until it goes through. I'm going to kill you. So she gets the phone and they say, just call anybody. She had my number. And then she goes through the phone, she's shaking, and then he calls. And she says, Papa, 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 this guy is here, he's going to kill me, he's put a knife on my neck. And he says, if I don't give him this amount of money, he's going to stop me. So the mind was, send that money on the phone, and the guy was going to go with the phone and withdraw it. Half on. So I told her, give him to me. And the fool said, hello? <laughs> and I told him, I give you three seconds. If you're not off her in three seconds, I'm going to kill you. One, two. He ran away. I was going to send something, but I know the thing in him knew. By the time I counted to three, I just hear the phone. Pah! So he has run away. He has run away. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hold the beginning of your confidence to the end. Some of us are crazier than you think. Don't look at us in suits and ties and think we're normal men. We are crazier than you think. Are you hearing me? Greater is he which is in me than he which is in the world. So we have a witness. Now, you guys who are watching this in the spirit, I had to perform something. Are you hearing me? I had to do something. Somebody was watching. Joshua is watching from heaven like this. Apostle Peter is watching from heaven. He says, what are you going to do? Somebody shout hallelujah. So you lay aside every unnecessary weight and the sin which so easily, deftly, and cleverly clings to and entangles us. He didn't say a sin or the sins. He says the sin. What is that sin? The sin of unbelief. 
whatever is not done in faith is sin. Yeah. Whatever is not done in faith is sin. So the sin of unbelief. This is the sin. He called it the sin. Not a sin. Some of you think they're saying, you know, some of you are lying, you're doing this. No, I'm talking about unbelief. Praise God. And he says, and let us run with patient endurance and steady. Listen, the next line says, and active persistence. Don't be passive. No, don't be passive. You will die, brother. Don't say, me, I believe. I just don't confess it, but me, I believe. No, you will die. Have an active persistence. Somebody shout hallelujah. He says, an active persistence. And the appointed course of the rest that is set before you. And that course, he says, is appointed. What is it appointed? Is it appointed to wrath? No. The Bible says we're appointed to life, to glory, and salvation. That's our appointment. We're not instruments of wrath. We're instruments of mercy and glory. Somebody shout hallelujah. So he says you must have an active persistence. When they say you have this, you tell them I don't have it. That's what I told the nurse. I told them I am not sick. I cannot be sick. I cannot be sick. So what are you going to do about it? I said I'll fix it in the hospital those years ago. Somebody shout hallelujah. And he says, let us look now to the course and the rest that is set before us. Verses 2. Looking away from all that will distract. If you're around people who are on negative talk, switch off or go away. Anybody that's trying to divert you from the course that you feel in your spirit is set with truth. If you know that you are believing God, anything that will distract you, the Bible says, look away. Look away from it. So I tell Christians, if you're sick of a disease that is incurable or any sort of disease, don't be nursed by an unbeliever. Don't be nursed by people who are emotional without revelation. You're around the negative people. They look at you and they start weeping. No. Be around folk who are full of faith. Are you hearing me? Because you see, some people die. Why do you think Jesus chases out people when he's about to raise a dead person? Some people die because of the loving family that is around them full of unbelief. And they say, he rested in the presence of his loving family. Are you hearing me? No, if it's your time to go, yeah, rest in the presence of your loving family because it doesn't matter whether they believe or unbelieve. You are made up to go. But if you've not planned to go, no matter how much love they have for you, get them out of the room. Even if you have a stranger in there, but can walk in and start to rattle, that's the one you need. Are you hearing me? You wake up and say, I will leave, and then flip back to coma if you have to, but you need the right people around you. Somebody shout hallelujah. So we look out from all that will distract to who? Jesus, who is the leader and source of our faith, giving the first incentive, for our belief and is also the finisher bringing it to maturity and perfection. That means the moment you began to believe Jesus was the source of it. You could have drawn back, but the moment you say, I think I'm believing God for this. The moment you began, Jesus began. And he says, persistently pursue and look to that one which is the first or gave the first incentive for all your belief 
and is the finisher bringing it to maturity and perfection. The Bible says, for he, for the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him, endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the Father, the throne of God. Jesus saw your salvation and what will come out through the salvation of many. And the Bible says he endured the cross. The Bible says he despised and ignored shame. He despised. Do you know that point where pain comes and you know, you know that it's not supposed to kill you. And then you despise it. You just despise it and say, uh-uh. He's saying it's supposed to kill me. No, I'm not supposed to die like this. You despise it. You despise it. You endure, you despise it with active persistence. Are you hearing me? It increases, you say you're out. You're out. You're out. I know you're out. I know you're out. I know you're out. Yesterday they brought me a lady where I was playing basketball from and she was possessed by devils. She was tormented. So I go to these devils and I say, out. And it's like, and then they stretch out to scratch me. I said, ah, 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 ah. I'm not those you scratch. I told her, I'm not those she had nails. I, I told them, no, 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 no. Hey, 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 I'm not those you scratch. So get out of her. Are you hearing me? Then it continues, manifest. Get out of her. So I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I told her, it has left. They're looking at me because she's still what? Manifesting. I said, she has left. It has left. It has left. And they look at me. In about 15 seconds from that sentence, she and she was back to them. I tell them, take her home to sleep. I didn't need to see her calm down to know it has left. Because you should not be in the level where you move by sight. Some people, if they still feel the pain, it has not left. Fire! Fire! No, listen. You get that confidence where you wake up and say, look, I rebuked you. And I remember you left last week on Tuesday at 8 p.m. You left long ago. So I despise you. Thank you, Lord. Then, thank you, Jesus. This is ministry of the Holy Spirit. I feel the power. Thank you, Lord. This is you adding life to me. Somebody shout hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 You have done me well. You have done me well. You have done. Me well, Jesus. You have done me well. You have done me well. You have done me well, Jesus. Tell me why. Come and raise your voice and thank God. Come on, thank God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Divine health is mine. Thank you, Jesus. Wealth is mine. 
Life is mine. Wisdom is mine. Victory is mine. Joy is mine. Love is mine. Courage is mine. Peace is mine. Joy is mine. Come on, thank you, Lord. I receive it all. I receive it all. I receive it all. I receive it all. Come and raise your voice and thank God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. If you're sick in your body, receive healing. If you're bound, be free. Whatever you've been struggling with, your finances, debts are being paid. A new job is coming. A new project is coming. A new contract is coming. That pain leaves your eyes. It leaves your body. Your kidneys are working from the day. Your liver is healed today. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you. Father, we honor you because it is done in Jesus' mighty name. If you have never given your life to Christ, I want to give you that opportunity right now. Today, do not hide in your heart in unbelief. Just repeat these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you because you shed your blood for my sins and was raised for my glory. Tonight, I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero. Make manifest.